0: And welcome into Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation podcast network. I am Luke Yardy, joined today by Chris Castellani, here with you on Monday night, headed into Tuesday. No Anthony Broom here tonight. Uh, He's being a civilian. He's out at the uh, Michigan-Michigan State hockey game at the LCA. So me and Chris got you covered for this week's episode of Brewcast. A lot to get to, a lot of basketball talk. Uh, the news coming about John Beeline potentially not being with the Cleveland Cavaliers much longer. Uh, this Michigan baseball team, number one in the country. we got a lot to get to. But first, Chris, uh, how you doing, man? And I want to congratulate you. Uh, you're going to be doing the uh, Locked on Tigers podcast, man. That's going to be a fun time, man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. Thank you for that. And thank you to everyone uh, at Mason Brew and Beyond who have been uh, very congratulatory of, of, of that news. Uh, still got a few things. I need to work out with that, so it probably won't be this week, maybe next week, maybe the week after when this thing really gets going. Uh, I'll, I'll reiterate, not leaving Mason Brew. Love it here. Wouldn't change it, uh, but I, I appreciate uh, you being so kind, as well as everyone who's been uh, so supportive uh, following this news. But for the most part, yeah, it's been a good week, been a, a very good week for uh, this, mission. Mich- really for Michigan sports in general. And we'll talk a little bit more. Beyond just basketball here late in the show, but this basketball team has uh, righted the ship. It seems, and we talked last week about how uh, the potential was there for them to make things right following that big win against Michigan State. They did exactly what they needed to do, and then some. This most recent week, they went two and two very winnable games, and it. This team right now is playing their best basketball since the Bahamas, and I think I thought yesterday's performance. Was as close to flawless as we've seen by this basketball team in the Jawan Howard era. I thought they were sensational at home. Probably their best shooting effort that we've seen in a long time from them.
0: So when they were in the midst of that like four game losing streak, they obviously didn't have Isaiah Livers, and we talked about it here on the show. We were kind of like, you know, the the problem seemed to be much more than not having Isaiah Livers, but like, was it just not having Isaiah
1: Livers? Man, that's a really good question. I saw your tweet about that. And I had to, I had to think about it, but maybe it was because it just. And, and I think we we've come to realize that Isaiah Livers to this basketball team is every bit as important as Cassius Winston is to Michigan State. And not to say that one that you know Livers is better than than Winston, but in terms of importance, where this team was without Isaiah Livers. Was simply a basketball team that was lost. It was a basketball team with no identity and no true score. You had guys who had the potential to get buckets Wagner capable of getting buckets, Brooks capable of getting buckets, Simpson occasionally, but it seemed like the energy was gone. And what they were four and five without livers. Two of those wins were against Presbyterian, one was against Nebraska. And I, there was another one against a, a, another really small school in the preseason. And you look at the games they lost, um, you you wish you could go back and replay them now with a, a relatively healthy Isaiah Livers to see where things fall. And yeah, this team, it, it's, it, it's night and day how much better they've looked. I mean, this thing a week and a half ago seemed like it was going off the rails. It seemed like a team that was... Taking a downturn and headed for, for NIT territory. And the win against Michigan State, I think, uh instilled some confidence in them. The Northwestern game got off to a terrible start. They couldn't make anything the first four minutes. I uh, still uh Simpson gets into foul trouble, but I think what having livers back does more than it, besides the obvious stuff of the instant offense and the energy he brings and the leadership it makes them such a deeper team. And you're seeing guys who are already playing some good basketball, like Austin Davis, like Brandon Johns, who all of a sudden their roles are, are decreased, and yet the, it seems like they're making just as big of an impact. Both those guys, Johns and uh, and Davis, are playing the best basketball of their respective careers right now. And, they, and you look at a guy like Davis who, until a couple of weeks ago, it uh, seemed like kind of an afterthought, you know. It was a backup center, arguably third string. Him and Castleton seemed to be kind of uh, sharing minutes. You didn't have you didn't seem to be under the belief that he was going to come back for a fifth year. Um, Jawan talked about it yesterday, and then uh, Brendan Quinn wrote an article for the Athletic today, essentially saying that Austin Davis is going to have that fifth year option if he wants it, and it looks like he's going to take it. So they've been playing some really good basketball, just beyond the typical guys you'd expect: the Simpsons, the Livers. Of the world. You're you're getting some really good minutes off the bench. And I think it's made this team a much deeper and and more dangerous team going forward if they continue to hit their shots like they did yesterday.
0: Well, the thing about Isaiah Livers, man, is that he's 6'7, 230. He can play the wing, he can play down low. Like he can play and guard four positions out there. And that is such a versatile tool to have. And the guy shoots 46% from three. Like Michigan losing him, like like you look at his like Ken Palm numbers, he's like 44th in the country in offensive rating. He's 16th in the country in three point field goal percentage. Uh, He just does so much for this team. And to your point, man, it allows for Michigan to be deeper because he can guard the best player on the other side, too. Right. You know, like there's so much that he does well, and it really just may have been not having him. Out there, that that was the difference. And this seems like a way different team with him out there. Him and Franz on the perimeter ha- have been guarding so well, man. It is it is really fun to watch this team defensively, uh, not only offensively. One thing about Austin Davis. So where did where did the uh, Ant Wright nickname like uh, Custard? come from it for him i i, I still don't understand that that I'm not reference
1: exactly sure it fits in a weird way it fits <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it like it like makes sense and i have no reference point for it I, I don't know
1: same same here and i feel like i should i'll ask him about it at some point but uh no i mean he's uh he's taken on a life of its own of, of his own here at michigan he's he's achieved uh meme status uh but uh, on the court he's playing uh he's been so important to this team's success over these last several games. John Teske, I think John Teske is as a player is somewhere in between, uh, the best of what we've seen of him and what he's playing like right now. Cause what he's playing like right now, uh, is just not a guy who's playing with extreme confidence or any confidence whatsoever. Uh, do I think that he's a, a has the potential to be an elite big man like the Garzas and the Oturus of the world? Not necessarily, but he's better than how he's been playing. And the emergence of Austin Davis has made up for some of those uh, rough minutes from Teskey, who I do still think is too talented a player to turn it around. I will say if there's or to not turn it around. If there is one uh positive that that's come from Teskey's game lately, it's been a minute. You know, he went through that brutal stretch when he went mm-hmm. up against Garza and Oturu and Tillman and just game by game and Williams from Purdue and game by game was giving up, I mean, literally 30 plus points. I mean, he was just getting getting pounded defensively. I think uh, he defensively, and maybe like uh, having Livers back and ha- having him have the ability to guard another team's best player has helped with this. It seems like defensively he's tightened up quite a bit, and it's, it's made this a much better defensive unit.
0: Oh, no question about it. And I think he just lost some confidence during that stretch and it's been a it's been a grind kind of to get it back because he was playing some real good basketball the beginning of the year especially like in the Bahamas so uh the Brewcast Show Twitter page if you're not following by the way go follow at Brewcast Show We, we posed a poll question yesterday you know after the win I mean just absolutely ran Indiana out of Chrysler yesterday I asked, or Brewcast Show asked, you know, what is Michigan ceiling with a healthy Isaiah Livers from what you've seen lately? So 55% of the votes went to Sweet 16 Elite 8, 35% went to Final 4, 9% said Early Tourney Exit, and probably one vote uh, for NIT. So when you think about the ceiling, like where do you think it falls? I think they have the capability to get to that second weekend. I'm not 100% sure if they have the gear to get to the Final 4, but on the flip side of that, it feels like this year is more open than college basketball than in many years past.
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, the one problem that they're going to face unfortunately is they lost so many games with livers out that even with the, the upward trajectory that this team appears to be showing um, seeding wise, they're going to have some probably fairly unfavorable matchups. I mean, they're going to be, I would say they're sealing as a seed six, you know, they're going to be somewhere in between the six, 10 range If something miraculous happens. Like which we've seen, which we've seen happen here before we, uh, you know, they will like, they win the big 10 tournament. Uh, you know, you could see them getting up to a five, but the big 10 as in general, as a conference this year, outside of maybe Maryland, I don't see having anyone higher than a four seed. Uh, And so I think Michigan's going to fall in that six to 10 range, which means outside of probably their first round matchup, there's, they're going to be the underdog. Uh, To me, the ceiling is second weekend. Uh, This team is starting to be, a little bit, not not quite as as uh, magical a run, and not as quite as astute defensively. But uh, reminding me a little bit of twenty seventeen, which was a team that had a brutal, rough stretch in the middle of their season. It seemed like they probably weren't going to make the tournament. They finish high, and then you have you know the plane crash and and all the the amazing mm-hmm. stuff that followed that. But even that team only got to a seven seed. You know they still had to upset the two seeded Louisville just to make the Sweet Sixteen. I think this team. Probably has a similar ceiling. I, I think that you know, you win that if assuming they, they're they able to make their shots, you get past that first game in the tournament. Um, I could see them easily, you know, if they play their best basketball, which or, or play like they have over this last week or so, getting to that second weekend, everything after that, most likely, depending on the matchups and depending on who gets upset, but. At some point, you're going to have to go up against a Goliath. You're going to have to face a Kansas or a a Baylor or a Duke. And even though Michigan beat them early on the season, a Gonzaga, a team that uh, at at some point is just going to be more equipped talent-wise to beat you. And I feel like that's probably where their run would be likely to end. Uh, I think right now, comfortably, it's safe to say they're in the tournament. And Anthony's brought this up in the past as well. I think that... The only true disappointment to this season would be not making the tournament. Everything, anything after that, to me, would be fairly acceptable.
0: And, and as it stands right now, Joe Lenardi has Michigan as a eighty percent plus chance of making the NCAA tournament. Like they've shot up Ken Palm rankings; they're up to number fourteen. They were down near thirty before Isaiah Livers came back. Like that's the the difference that he makes. And the thing is, man is this Michigan team is still capable of playing like it did in the Bahamas. Like we saw stretches of Michigan, just missing an insane amount of open shots, like the Ohio state game, the amount of layups and wide open shots. We talked about it on the show here that they missed. It is just incredible, you know, and there they continue to get good looks. So if they get hot, shoot the basketball they're a tough out for anybody, but they also have the capability of not making shots and kind of shooting themselves out of game. So it's kind of a scary formula as they head into the NCAA tournament. But I could I could see him making a run into that second weekend, you know, maybe upsetting a three seed or something like that, you know, because like I said, man, you take a look at like the top ten. In seating, right, you got San Diego State up there, you got Baylor up there, you've got Dayton up there, you've got West Virginia up there. I think Michigan is able to to play with any of those teams. If you miss like a one-seeded Kansas or a two-seeded Duke or a one-seeded Duke, whatever they're going to be, you've got a shot to make that second weekend. And I think that would be a huge success for Michigan, and, and uh, probably gonna you know create a springboard uh, to go into next year. And as we talk about next year, we. we we had the news break that looks like John Beeline is not going to be uh, returning as the head coach of the yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers, might not even finish the season as the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, terrible stuff because John Beeline is such a genuine human being and a great coach. And uh, I don't know. It, it's the Cavs. It's a terrible run organization. If they didn't get the luck of the draw with LeBron, you know they would have just forever been terrible. And
1: They're, they're one LeBron James away from somehow being the worst organization in their own city, in in a city that features the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, I I have several, a lot of thoughts on this and I'll, I'll let you go here in a second, but I, I'll say this. I think the fact that Michigan in general seems to be moving in the right direction with Juwan has probably softened uh, some of the, uh, anger some people, not necessarily me, but some people might have had when they found out that Beeline left the way he did. Um, I think John Beeline had an itch that desperately needed to be scratched. I think that this was a a bucket list type of thing for him. You know, he was sixty seven. There is currently sixty seven. Knows that the opportunities for him to coach in the NBA uh, were dwindling as time was passing was never formally offered the Pistons job. My guess is probably would have taken it at this point if they, if they would have offered mm-hmm. it. Um, and jumped into the Cleveland spot and to, uh, this is so tough. Cause I, we, we, do we, everyone here, we, we love John B yep but uh, to call it a disaster is the, like the understatement of the year. I, <laughs> I mean, it, it's been, it's been so bad that the cleanest coach in all of North America in the middle of the season had had racism accusations thrown at him with the whole slugs, thugs comment. I, yeah. I it's, yep. it's It seemed from day one this wasn't going to end well. I didn't think it would end this early. It, I think it is a... I won't say that Beeline is uh, entirely not to blame for this. Um, I think that... In general, I, I in general I never really got the whole Beeline sport style fits the NBA narrative. I, I didn't. I, I never really saw that wonderful coach. And I tweeted this last night. There is an alternate reality somewhere where John Beeline would have been a very good NBA coach. Cleveland was never going to be part of that reality. It was going to be an organization that was kind of a fringe playoff team that maybe had their coach had to leave for, you know, kind of an unseen circumstance. He, he comes in, kind of writes the ship a little bit at his age with his pedigree. I didn't see him being a guy who was going to take a basement team and, and build them into a, 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 playoff team. I just didn't see that. And in the NBA, When you're bad, you're bad, and it was going to take several years for that them to even get close to playoff contention. And the way things have gone, I just it didn't seem like the players responded. Now, uh, I think the tougher thing here, the where we go from here, I think John Beeline's intention, not knowing him personally, I think his intention will be that he's probably done coaching right now. With that said, someone. Whether it be Texas, whether it be Indiana, uh, Bill Self has dodged a million bullets at Kansas. So who knows, You know, one of, one of these days he's going to get busted for something. Someone is going to throw a ton of money at John Beeline. Now, yep. does, is will he be comfortable enough and and feel like he's in a good enough circumstance to to go to another uh, college program? Is yet to be seen. But uh, his name being thrown around for head coaching jobs, those days are far from over.
0: I don't know like, what to make of all of it because it, he needed, I, I felt like, a, a strong organization with strong leadership, and the Cavs are literally the antithesis of that. Yes. The, you know, uh, it, it, it was just, it never felt like a good fit. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe with a guy like Colin Sexton, you know, be able to work with like a young guard like that. You have some veteran leadership in Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, but it sounds like they just never took to to Beeline's, you know, way of coaching. And it probably wasn't going to be the case because those guys they won an NBA championship in 2016, right? You know, and if we know anything about NBA players, when you get to that level of success and you give them any power as an organization, you know, it it's recipe for a disaster. And that's exactly what we saw. Like, John Beeline, we all kind of figured it. Um, He was a great college coach, and we knew that. But the reports of, like, most of his practices being focused on fundamentals and things like that, we kind of had the sense that it probably wasn't going to work out all that well in the NBA, especially with a, a poorly run franchise. So this doesn't really surprise me that much. The timing, I guess, does. But I didn't think it was going to be a long marriage to begin with. But... He signed a five year deal. Yeah. And he said that it was going to be his last job, you know, no, no matter what happened. However, I don't think he could have possibly anticipated that it was going to last like, what, six months, you know? Yeah. But uh, so I, I'm not going to hold him to that comment. Uh, I don't know if he still has the itch or not to continue to coach. Like he's getting up there in age, obviously. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does just hang it up for good. But hey, man. He never he got to two national championship games. He never did win that title. So I if if the itch is still there, it's to finish with getting an NCAA championship, you know, and like you mentioned, I think Texas is an obvious spot team it back up with a guy like Luke Yaklich. Yeah. You know, they could do some serious damage uh down there in Texas. I don't know if he would take a Big Ten job because I still think he has a ton of love for michigan like that would be that's like brett Favre esque you know it it would and i don't feel like that's him
1: it would change how a lot of people even including myself to maybe uh feel about him because i mean he was so incredibly loyal to michigan and like you said i think he still does have a lot of love for michigan and like i said at the beginning of this i i still don't think his intention is to be a, a free agent coach but man Money changes everything. I mean, there's been entire exposés written about uh, this week about Mel Tucker and and him taking that job at Michigan State and leaving Colorado and people freaking out about that. You get a, a good paycheck thrown at you. You get uh, good facilities thrown at you. You get benefits thrown at you. It can change a whole lot. Now, a guy of Beeline's age, maybe he's been there, done that. Maybe he's seen it all at this point. I, I hope it is. I, I mean, I, I want what's best for him, but personally, you know, selfishly, I, 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 it would be weird seeing him anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I would not like it. You yeah. know, it, I saw your tweet about it. You're like, I am not going to pretend to be okay with that. Yeah. And, you know, um, it is, it's like, it's tough to, to kind of see it. But if he doesn't come back to the Big Ten, I'm not going to personally. Hold it against no, him. Me neither, now no. if he if he were if he were if he were to come back to the Big Ten though, that would be uh I, I wouldn't be great with that. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um but we shall see what happens. We'll monitor that, obviously. But we've got to talk a little bit of baseball when we come back on Brewcast's show as The Wolverines are making some noise. Keep it here.
2: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.
0: Back in on Baru Cash Show. Luke Yardi, Chris Castellani here with you. No Anthony Broom here tonight, but that's all right. We're having a good time. Chris and I, you know, just got done wrapping up talking some basketball, shifting gears over to baseball. Doesn't look like baseball weather out there, but man, Michigan just kinda you know, kept going where they left off to start this season. Three and one uh, with wins over number one Vandy, number three Arizona State included in there. Uh, they were out in Arizona. Michigan now ranked number one in the country uh, according to Baseball uh, America. You know, not number one according to D one baseball right now, but uh, this is a really good start to this season, man. How how about Michigan? Not a flash of the pan, Chris.
1: No, this is. Um I think at this point, it's very fair to say that baseball and softball coaches at the University of Michigan right now are the best coaches in that school. Um, what Backage has done thus far is uh, sensational. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I didn't get a chance to watch much of any of the games they played. I watched some highlights, uh, looked at box scores. So I can't necessarily comment on uh, the play-by-play, but if you're someone who was wrapped up in the run that Michigan baseball made to the college world series, to the college world series final last season, which many of us were. Um, I think you're doing them an injustice by not staying on that bandwagon for this season. Not to say that they're going to be able to repeat that success because up until last season, they hadn't been there since 1984, but this is becoming, this isn't just rare for Michigan to be ranked number one in the country. This is rare for a Big Ten team. This stuff just doesn't happen. I, I mean like outside of Michigan making it last year, the last Big Ten team outside of the 1984 Michigan team to make from the Big Ten to make the College World Series was Indiana. That was in 2013 when they had Kyle Schwarber. I mean, this is uh unheard of uh an unheard of situation here for for this program for this conference and uh they're they're really uh there's it's starting to seem like they're they've really got something special going here and you look at the opponents they played over the weekend um, i mean the air, air Vanderbilt you know a rematch of last year's uh college world series final you know uh Arizona State with possible future Detroit Tiger um uh, Spencer Torkelson. i mean you're going up against some some elite pro prospects and if not winning every game competing in every game you know i think they they let, they let one slip on sunday but this is a a remarkable beginning of the season that i mean you this last few months of michigan baseball have been arguably the best in the history of the program this is exciting stuff
0: it is i mean this is a national title contender and the fact that they were able to to beat vanderbilt and arizona state i mean those are just powerhouse programs you know right. michigan i think the consensus was is that michigan got hot last year they got on an incredible run they were probably going to come into this year with some expectations they were going to falter a little bit and it's been anything but to begin this season and that's got to be exciting and the college baseball season is so long uh you, you, they're not going to start big 10 play probably for another you know, maybe early April is probably when they're going to start Big yeah. Ten play. Uh, so there's a lot of non-cons still to get to here uh, for Michigan. But it's going to be interesting. So I I mean, I haven't followed a full college baseball season since I did like play-by-play for the baseball softball teams at Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the college baseball season is just it's a weird thing to follow along, but I'm I'm kind of excited that I'm going to be following along from the early get-go and that we're going to be covering this team, you know, for an entire season, it's going to be interesting to watch it all play out. I think
1: I'm with you, man. Yeah, completely.
0: And this is, uh, definitely fun when, when you have a national title contender, like you mentioned, let's just hope uh bucket stays for the long haul, you know, cause it's, it's hard when you consider it to build a powerhouse program at a big 10 school. Like I saw the, uh, when Anthony was out there covering them, they were out there. It was like snowing outside. They're out in yeah. hoodies and stuff, you no, know, no, working on it. Uh, it's oh.
1: borderline impossible to to build a national team. <laughs> like, it really is. And so, I mean, the fact that they've gotten this far at all is uh, is remarkable.
0: Yeah, it, it truly is. Like, how can you convince you some of the top players in the country to come and, you know, spend your springs in Ann Arbor? where it's, you know, whatever it was, it was 30 degrees when they were out there and snowing. Like, right. that's that's tough to do, man. that's Eric Pogic, if he wasn't a college baseball coach, I bet he'd be a hell of a salesman.
1: Yeah, possibly.
0: <laughs> oh, man, so we'll keep our eyes on that as we go. Uh, Chris, anything else that we wanted to touch on here tonight?
1: Uh, no, I think we got everything tonight, man. I think we covered what we need to cover.
0: I love it. So let us know where we can find you on social media.
1: All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani twenty fourteen at C A S T E L L A N I two o one four. A lot going on. Obviously, we got the Michigan uh, ba- basketball post games uh, going forward, and I'm gonna you follow me there. I'll keep you updated in regards to what the uh, future holds with the Lockdown Tigers podcast. It's gonna probably be a, a week or two. Until we get this thing off the ground, still got to make a few phone calls here and, and settle some things, but I'm very much looking forward to that, and it's February 17th, spring training's already started, so we got baseball content still coming down the pike here, uh, and if you want to uh, find me on Snapchat, my Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle, and if you want to see me on Instagram, you can there as well. That's ChrisCastle95, that's chriscastle 95
0: Yeah, looking forward to that podcast coming out with you, man. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page. we like to do some polls and do some interactions with you on there. It's just at Brewcast Show. Pretty straightforward on that one, and that's going to do it for us. Remember to subscribe and leave a review. We love reading the reviews. Uh, Please subscribe, leave a review, rate the show, Uh, for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts" on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. So we'll be back tomorrow with another uh, podcast from Maze and Brew, and we'll be back next week on another edition of Brewcast Show, and we'll see you then.